Good morning, folks. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here this morning. It's no accident. It's no, you know, just piece of luck or chance that you're here. You guys had to get up on a cold, dark morning and be here. So I want to thank you for that. And, um, you know, last week, Amy was here with us. Jake was not here last week. And Amy shared with us about, you know, we're blessed. And so if we're blessed, we need to do something with that. In the life of a Christ follower, you want to bless others with what you've been given. So today I want to talk a little bit about that, how in 2024 we can be a blessing to other people. And uh, for most of us, that starts with the people that are closest to us. You know, and today I have my, my wife Linda here with me, and uh, you guys know Linda. She is all in, you know, with her, her life in Christ. And uh, she and my daughter, Brooke was here with us last week. They hold me accountable. And today as I talk, I'm going to be suggesting to you at various times that if you're in fellowship, if you're in relationship with other people, check with them occasionally about how you're doing with your life. You know, it's really important to have the people that you know best speak into your life. Um, sometimes Linda and Brooke can be a little bossy, and I have to say, you're not the boss of me, but um, <laughs> they will speak into my life. They will give me their honest thoughts about how I'm doing with things, and I ask them to do that. And so I would suggest that to you. That's a good practice for you all to have, and you have to have a little bit of courage to put yourself out there that way, to, to ask people to speak into your life. But I think it's a good practice. Uh, it takes some maturity to handle it well, and uh, you might want to be thinking about the timing to speak into people's lives, not first thing in the morning, and, uh, you know, if, if you're not particularly a morning person, and... Uh, but today we're going to be in, in, in the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 6 in the book of Galatians. Now, just a quick bit of background about Galatians. Paul wrote this to the church in southern Galatia. He had uh, been there and he'd planted a, a, a group of churches. And by planting churches, Paul went to this part of the world. There weren't any Christian churches, and Paul planted a few churches there. Well, so he goes away for about 18 months, and he starts hearing things about these young churches that he planted. And apparently there was some disunity, there was some disloyalty to Christ that was kind of bubbling up in these churches. And man, Paul heard about this, and he wrote these guys a letter. And that's what the, that's what the book of Galatians is. It's a, it's a letter to the church of Galatia. And uh, we're going to be in the sixth chapter, which is the end of the chapter. But he spends about five chapters kind of you know, speaking some hard things to them. And we all need that from time to time. And these, this, these churches were kind of in confusion, teaching some things um, that weren't consistent with what he taught them. There was some division among them, and he just didn't feel like they were headed in the right direction. So Paul spends some time, and you know, like in this, just in the sixth verse of the first chapter, he says, I'm amazed that you so quickly are turning away from him who called you by his, the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So, I mean, he real quickly saying to them, what, you're, what you guys are doing here isn't the best. And we all need that in our lives. You know, on a weekly basis here at church, Jake kind of pierces my heart from time to time with what he shares. And I just feel like sometimes my life is maybe not 180 degrees from where it should be. It's not 90 degrees, but I'm off five or 10 degrees, maybe some weeks, 27 degrees, I'm off what the Lord would have me be doing. I don't know where you guys are at, but by being in fellowship and being in here on Sunday morning, you put yourself in a place to hear something that may help you reset your course a bit. And so this morning, 
we're going we're gonna to look at the sixth chapter, and I'm going to read the first ten verses of the sixth chapter. It's, it's, it's kind of Paul at the end of the book trying to encourage these people that he's kind of been speaking hard truths to for the first most of the book. But here at the end of the chapter, he's trying to encourage them to be useful to other people. So he says, uh, Brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so you won't be tempted also. And this is, this is one of the verses we're going to talk about. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he is deceiving himself. But each person should examine his own work, and then he will have a reason for boasting in himself alone and not in respect to someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. The one who has taught the message must share his goods with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. So we must not get tired in, in doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. And here's the, here's the other verse. Verse 2, the first one. Carry one another burdens, and this way we will fill the law of Christ. And then this 10th verse is the second verse I want to kind of focus on today. Therefore, as we have opportunity, we must work for the good of all, especially for those who belong in the household of faith. And so um, those two verses are where I think if Amy was talking today, she might have just kind of continued her teaching today, talking about how can we be of use to, to the Lord in 2024. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys who uh, I, I run a lot and I keep a running journal. I've got about 40 years of running journals. So every day of the year, I put down how far I went, how long it took me, what the weather conditions were, um, you know, those kind of things. And where I was in the world, you know, because I, I travel a bit. And so uh, I have 40 years of that. And also, Another thing I do is I, I journal a lot. I write things down. And I, I hold myself accountable. And every year in this late December, I start assembling my thoughts for the coming year. And my theme for this year is be more for the Lord in, in 2024. And that's my like little thing there. You know, I came up with that. If I had a five magic words about my year, I want to be more for him so that I can be of more use to him. Not so that I'm a better person, not so that people think well of me, but just so I can be more useful to him. And, and I've got, you know, like 12, 15 things I'm going to try to do this year, very specific things I'm going to try to do this year to be more for him this year, so I'll be more useful to him. And so today, I want to talk to you guys about how we can be, more, be of more use to the Lord. And um, as I go through, there's four of these things I'm going to suggest to you. And as I go through these, if you say to yourself, this this is something I want for myself. I am this, I am this person who needs this thing. Um, you might consider talking with somebody about that. Find somebody that loves you, that knows you well, and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. I think this about myself. What do you think? And I think you'd be surprised how the Lord will act in the middle of that. Because that, what you're basically doing, essentially, is letting God's light shine into your situation. And most of us, we have things going on all the time, but we want to kind of keep it right here. And we want to keep it shut down. 
But if we talk about it, if we let God's light shine into it, and by that I mean talking with somebody that has, is healthy, that knows you and loves you, those things are essential. They gotta be healthy, they gotta know and love you. You know, God is gonna work in the middle of that. I believe that with all my heart. Um, so the first thing I think we can do in 2024 to be of more use to the Lord, to, to, to bless someone else's life, is find a lonely person and include them. Find a lonely person and include them. You know, Maywood is a place where there should be no lonely people. I believe that with all my heart. Um, I don't think, it's difficult to come into in the doors here and not be greeted by somebody, not be touched by somebody, but it's surprising to me, you know, I do, I do, I do counseling, I'm a, I'm a psychologist, and um, it's surprising how often I sit with people and they say, you know, I've never been so lonely in my whole life. I got people all around me and I'm lonely. And uh, it's a heart condition. It, in, uh, it has a lot to do with what they're doing with their life, but it also has to do with other people not being available to them. And so one of the things I would suggest to you um, in your life, if you sense somebody is lonely, is, or if you're here at church and you're, you're seeing somebody you don't know, take long enough to look in their eyes, see what color eyes they have, and say, how you doing today? And that, that simple question, how are you doing today? And you gotta look at them in the eye. I'm, I'm talking, you know, we spent 10 years in Japan. In Japan, eye contact is huge. Japanese are unnervingly focused on your pupils of your eyes. They will look at you and look through you, and it's, it's almost disconcerting to be listened to that well. And um, so I would suggest to you, just by what you do with your face, what you do with your body, when you say, how you doing today? We have a couple of gifted people in this room who are really good at this kind of thing. You know, Coach Bob, Pastor Bob, is an expert in asking that question. He, he can ask it five different ways, but when you're sitting with Bob, when you're in Bob's presence, you feel like he, he cares about you. And why wouldn't we wanna be that for somebody else? How you doing today? And you gotta be willing to, to be with them. Another way to do that is to, if they share a little bit, start asking good questions, interview them a bit, you know? Lynn and I like to have folks over to the house for dinner. We entertain a lot, and we try to have people over we don't know. And um, the main purpose of that for us is to get to know them. And my sole purpose in having him inside our home, sitting at our table, eating Linda's food because I'm worthless in the kitchen, is to, is to get to know them and to somehow get our lives like this a bit. And once you know something about someone, next time you see them, they feel connected to you, you feel connected to them. They feel less lonely when they see you walking down the hall. Oh, yeah, he asked about my dad last time we were together. Oh yeah, I told him I lost my job and he said, I'll be praying for you, you know? So find a lonely person and include them in something. Um, the second thing that I would suggest to you is encourage someone in their fear. Now, we all have fears. We all have things we're afraid of. I'm not talking about phobias here because that's a clinical thing. And, you know, I have, I have a fear of heights. And, uh, but I still do things at height. But, so it's probably not real phobia. It's just a fear. But 
A lot of us have fears like, am I ever going to get through this? Um, am I going to be a good enough dad? Will this thing happen in my life that I've been praying about forever? Can I, can I bear up under this? Those are fears. Those un, the unknown can be a very fearful place. Um, but when somebody says to you, it's going to be all right, you can do this, that makes a, and this person believes in you, what a gift that is to them. It's going to be okay. This is a chapter of your life. This isn't the whole story. This is a chapter of your life. You're going to get through this. Um, you know, I was uh, raised in this church, and uh, at a very young age, I, I knew my life wasn't matching up to what Jesus wanted it to be. And I, I said to him, you know, Jesus, I, I know I'm not living up to what you want to be. Please forgive me. Uh, I want to live for you. Would you please come into my life and be my, my Lord and Savior? And I did that, and I was baptized right up there. And uh, it's changed my life. It's the best thing I ever did in my life. And um, I was married on this stage about right here. I said, I do to Linda. And I was scared to death. Because I thought, one of the, I'll just be honest with you. One of the things, we've been, we've been together now uh, 48 years. Um, we've been married 48 years. So, but I, 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 I can literally, these little steps that come up here, I came in through this way with the pastor. And we, I sat down on the steps. My legs were trembling. I sat down on the steps back here, you know, where Nick's cage is. And I was, I was scared. I said, how do I know if I can? I said to him on those steps, we'd already done our premarital counseling. I said, uh, you know, Dr. Larry, how do I know I can stay with her for the rest of my life? I was 21. What did I know? I thought, like, how am I going to, am I going to love her at 50, at 60, at 70? And he said, Mark, I feel very certain God has brought you two together. His plan is for you to spend the rest of your life with her. You know, I almost had a panic attack, but, uh, but you know, the fact that Dr. Larry spoke into my life, he said, this is God's plan for your life. You might be that person that speaks into somebody else's life, but you, ha you have to have done the work of hard prayer to know if that's true for them. Don't be in this business of speaking things randomly into people's lives unless you know it for sure. He knew that. He was right. I'm standing here today. It was, Linda's still fascinated. I'm deeply in love with Linda. I mean, she's, she's, she's wonderful to be with. You guys spend two minutes with her and know that, but um, I, didn't, I didn't know that at 21. I thought, well, what if she turns out to be, you know, something I can't live with or something like that, you know? I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking at 21, but I was scared. I was afraid. And somebody spoke a very sure word from the Lord to me. So you want to be that conduit into people's lives if they're afraid. And it's okay to be afraid. Um, and so you guys, I guess I would ask you in 2024 to, to pray about having a very sensitive heart to other people. And if you have a sensitive heart to other people, you're going to start seeing things and hearing things you wouldn't ordinarily see and hear and feel. God will use his Holy Spirit to allow you to start, oh boy, I'm picking up a vibe off this guy. He's really not in a good place tonight. I'm just gonna go shake his hand. I'm gonna say, how you doing? Or I'm gonna ask him to go get a donut with me or four donuts. You know, I'm a big donut guy. Um, but if, if you pray for this sensitive heart, it's not necessarily gonna 
make your life less uh, painful. Because if you're willing to walk with people and feel with them, God's going to use you. It's just the nature of our, our walk with each other. And that's the beauty of Maywood is that we are interconnected and we do care deeply about one another. And you guys are really good at that. And uh, so I would just say to you, if you don't have that sensitive heart, think about praying about it. It's, it's a really, uh, it's kind of an unwanted blessing in some ways to have that sensitive heart because you're gonna be picking up on stuff and God's gonna start using you as his instrument. Um, sitting with someone who's grieving or who's had a loss, a lot of times they're afraid of this next thing in their life. What's it gonna be like to be without this person? Or what's it gonna be like to have um, that person not here for me? Uh, two weeks ago Saturday, we had my dad's uh, memorial service in this room. And my dad passed away December 8th, and we had a memorial service, and I missed my dad already a lot. You know, in the last couple of weeks, I've had like, I'll have a, like a dark kind of, Thing. but he loved Jesus, he's with, he's with the Lord, and we're happy he's there, we're thrilled he's there, there's a joy, there's a deep sense of oughtness and rightness about the timing, but um, several people in this room are praying for me on a, on a daily basis, and uh, you know, when they look me in the eye, they say, I'm praying for you, you know, that allows you to take the next step forward and just get up the next day. You know, it really does, and uh, it's a natural thing if you love somebody that you're gonna miss them, that you're gonna grieve, but um, I'm good, Linda's good, my family's good, and it was a very joyful thing, but I still, like, man, it'll just hit me. And so, uh, find a lonely person and include them, encourage someone in their fear, and then find a potential person and develop them. Um, God brings all kinds of people into our lives. And it could be that somebody in your life, you need to introduce them to somebody in this room. Maybe you need to say to them, uh, it's gonna get better. Maybe they need you to teach them something specific. Maybe you can do something, maybe you know something, and you're the one in this room who can, maybe you're the one in your family that can say this to them. But a lot of us have untapped potential. I didn't start playing the guitar till I was 40. And um, I started with the, the, the book Guitar for Dummies. And I started playing in a, in a praise team back in Virginia. And um, I just got better at it. And you know, Daniel, I'm just gonna say this. Daniel in our fellowship is a guy who develops potential in other people. And um, it's been wonderful to watch him love on Matt and Nick. Because these guys are great musicians, but they hadn't necessarily played in this kind of setting before. And um, Daniel is so good at, re we rehearse every Thursday night, Daniel is so good at encouraging them, offering a, a thing or two along the way, and he's just gifted at, at how uh, a simple word of encouragement can, and, you know, I can't imagine playing on Sunday mornings without uh, Nick and Matt now. You know, they are just delightful, and that's just the music part. Daniel's a lot more about 
encouraging them on a spiritual realm. So his interacting with them around music has reaped all other kinds of benefits in their lives. They're better men because of their relationship with Daniel. And so um, this finding a potential person, someone who's got a lot of potential, you see somebody and they're like, man, you ought to be doing something with this gift you've got. Or, you know, I could really see you doing well by working with uh, 10-year-olds or middle school kids or whatever it is. I don't know what it is, you know. But a lot of times you'll see, boy, if that guy could ever just da-da-da, he could really be of use. And so find somebody with potential and develop them. And then finally, the fourth thing is find a failing person and help restore them. We all fail constantly. I do. Constantly I fail. And, uh, but failure is seldom final. It's not the last chapter of your life. You know, that we, I make failures every day. You know, um, I fail to be patient with Linda. I fail to be kind when I'm driving. Um, I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, it, it, but a lot of times these are internal things. No one would know this but me. I don't know if you like that. I, I can hide from the world sometimes what's going on in my heart and my mind. You wouldn't know it by looking at me, but I, I've got like five things in the drop down I almost wanted to say, but I don't say them. And um, <laughs> so I don't know if you're like that, but if you come alongside somebody who's in the midst of a failure and say, I believe in you, you're going to get through this, this isn't the end, it makes a huge difference. I believe in you. Yeah, you messed up here. This is, this is what the, you wanted to do, but you're going to do better. When I was in high school, uh, I played football. And uh, one game, I went to Van Horn. I didn't do very well. And I threw an interception. And the, the other team, we were playing Raytown. The other team returned it for a touchdown. We ended up losing the game by six points. And so it's my dad and I driving home. And we're driving down Winter Road. Right, almost like right here in front of the church. I'm real quiet when I get in the car. I felt horrible about it. And uh, so we're in the car driving down the road and uh, real quiet. He didn't say a word when I got in the car. And uh, about right here in front of the church, we're, we're going down to uh, Sterling. We're gonna turn right on Sterling to head out towards our house. And he said, uh, what happened on the uh, pick six? I said, uh, well, I." thought the guy was running and out. That's the play I called. I thought he was going to go out, up and out. He went up and in. And I threw it in the flat. And the guy, linebacker, was standing there, intercepted the ball. You know how that looks on TV. And the, the one guy trying to go tackle him, that was me, running to tackle this guy. And I bounced off of him. He's a linebacker. I bounced off him. I was real skinny then. I'm not great big now, but I was real skinny then. And I just bounced off him. He scored six. We lost the game. And so, you know, my, the, the other team was actually laughing at my tackle attempt, and uh, they thought it was pretty funny. But for a 16-year-old kid, that's, that's like the worst thing that you can do. Yeah, I was just so ashamed of myself. And um, so my dad said, well, what happened? I said, well, he, you know, da-da-da. He goes, well, um, your coach know what happened? I said, yeah, he knows what's happened. And, but, you know, I was thinking to myself, but it, what, what it looks like is I threw an interception and I couldn't make a tackle. And uh, it was all about me. 
But my dad said, okay, well, you got practice Monday? I said, yep. He goes, okay. That's all he said. He helped me talk about it. He got a little information from me. What happened? You got practice Monday? I said, yep. Okay. He didn't say another word all the way home. And so I started thinking about practice on Monday and how we could kind of avoid that in the future. And I think if someone is sitting with you and they want to talk about a failure, it's okay to ask a couple of questions, but they don't need therapy. They don't need, they don't need too much analysis from you. They don't need advice from you. They know what they did wrong, especially if they're a Christ follower. They know from the Holy Spirit they haven't lived up to the standard they should. You don't need to, to be speaking into their life. Just say, hey, tomorrow's Monday. Let's get back at it, you know? And so if you can be with someone in the midst of their failure and be of use to the Lord in that, it's, a, it's a, such, a, such a gift. It's such a gift. And um, simple questions. What happened? What did you do about it? And then you move on. Don't dwell on it. Don't preach to them. They don't need that. This carrying one another's burdens is where you come alongside them and they feel lighter as a result of being with you. That's one way we can bless other people. When people leave your presence, they've finished eating the meal with you or they've finished talking with you in the hallway. That afternoon, that evening, they feel more encouraged. They feel better. That's one way you know you've blessed their life. And they don't understand what happened, but they'll say, yeah, I can do it now. I can, I can move on with this. And in 2024, I would suggest to you that if we can find a lonely person and include them, encourage someone in their fear. If you can find somebody who's got a lot of potential and just help them develop that, just get them a step further. You don't have to get them graduated from, you know, medical school. You just need to give them one more step. And then finally, find a failing person and help them, you know, find hope in the middle of that. And uh, one way, I've got two minutes. One way we can really be of use to the Lord is, is to think about the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit in our lives will be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, and self-control. Every year I pick a new fruit of the Spirit. I try to show that in my life. In 21, it was gentleness. 22, it was kindness. 23, it was self-control. Man, that was hard. As soon as January 1st, I, was, I had four donuts on January 1st. And... Uh, because the whole month, and Brooke's like, I don't think that's supposed to, and like, like in 22, I was like, I am so sick of being gentle all the time. <laughs> I, told, I told Brooke that in December. She goes, Dad, I don't think that's supposed to be how it works. You're supposed to incorporate that into your personality. I said, well, I don't know. I just wanna, don't want to be gentle anymore. I'm going to speak truth to people. But so, so I'm trying to incorporate those things into my life, and this year, my, my fruit is goodness. So I'm just going to be more useful to him by thinking that way. And literally for me, it's like a daily thing. How can I be gentle? Oh yeah, maybe honking at that, you know, lady who's stepping off the curb, that's not the gent most gentle thing to do. <laughs> Duh. You know, or using the coach's voice with Linda. Linda, it's 9.15. If we don't get going, we're gonna be late to church. That's the coach's voice. You don't do that when you're being gentle, you know? And so I would just suggest to you one way to do these four things is to take a fruit of the Spirit, ask God to teach you about it. And one thing, I, I know a lot about gentleness and self-control because you know, I, I read up on it. What does it look like? How, do, how, does, how does it look day to day? I would suggest you take one of these fruits of the Spirit, 
try to apply it in your life. So guys, thank you so much for your kind attention. I love you guys. And let's, let's be more for the Lord in, in 2024. Let's do these things if we possibly can. Father, thank you so much for these brief minutes together, Lord. I love you. I thank you for these precious folks in this room, Lord. And I pray that as they move through today, they move through tomorrow, they be thinking about how they can touch others' lives for your name's sake. Not, not, not just to you know, do something good, but so that people are pointing to you, Father. That's our heart's desire, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.